Welcome, everyone, to this inaugural episode of the IEWJ Insights Podcast. This is episode one, honoring Ruth Bader Ginsburg and discussing the importance of women judges. I am Shauna Wilson, IEWJ's Executive Director, and today for this very special podcast, I am honored to have two distinguished guests joining me. We have Vanessa Ruiz, a senior judge in the DC Court of Appeals, and more importantly for us, IAWJ's president. In addition, we have Justice Ann Walsh-Bradley, who sits on the Wisconsin Supreme Court and is the chair of IAWJ's Board of Managerial Trustees. Thank you both for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today. Delighted to be here. Yes, thank you, Shauna. So with that, I'm going to ask our guests a few questions and we'll get this started. Justice Ginsburg was a longtime member of the IAWJ. It would be great to start off today's conversation with some of your memories of her at IAWJ events or outside of the IAWJ, just to give our listeners a little bit more of a personal sense of her. And so, uh, Judge Ruiz, would you like to start? Yes, I'm happy to, to do so because this is such a, she's such a wonderful person to talk about. And of course, this is such a sad time uh, for all of us as we remember her. I have many fond memories of Justice Ginsburg in connection with IAWJ, but I suppose the most important one was just her presence at so many IAWJ events. She was there. We would invite her to attend and she she showed up. She gave remarks, she was interviewed, and when she wasn't able to travel, she would prepare thoughtful remarks and send a video uh, specifically directed to the women judges of IAWJ. Whenever she attended these conferences, members wanted to talk with her, just be close to her, and of course have her their pictures taken with her, and she complied. I have recently been looking through archives of, of pictures at many of these events, and the number of, of pictures and people talking with her informally is, is just incredible. And when you consider her responsibilities and all of the other engagements uh, she had, um, it is really quite remarkable how much time she spent with us. The point is that she made, the point that she would make over and over when she was with us was the importance of, of gender equality and the inclusion of women in the judiciary to make that equality a reality and how we all needed to work towards that goal. At a more personal level, what I recall is that uh, when I first became a judge or was considering becoming a judge, she counseled me uh, on that decision. And then when I was appointed, she, she swore me in, in 94. This was her second um, year, uh, the second term of uh, when she was first appointed to the uh, Supreme Court. So at both levels, I have many fond memories of her. Thank you so much for that. What about you, Justice Bradley? One event that I focused on was 
when we all got together in 2016 in Washington, D.C. for a big celebration for the IAWJ. And I was on the planning committee uh, for that biennial conference in D.C. And if I recall, I was on the board at the time. And of course, just like Judge Rui said, Justice Ginsburg was there to speak. She was there not only to speak, but to attend the receptions and to interact and, and talk with the members. And I remember part of her message um, on that day when she spoke at our biennial conference. And she talked about the great changes that she has seen in, in her life. She started, of course, at law school at Harvard. Um, at that time, there were uh, about 500 first-year law students. And with that number, only nine were women. And of course, she was one of the nine. Uh, when she graduated, she said from law school, there were no women on the federal bench. Um, and uh, I think at that time, as I recall, there were about 3% women in the legal profession in the country. And so she gave the statistics about how things had improved and how we've come a long way. But then she pointed out a little bleaker picture. And, and that bleaker picture was the omnipresent um, side where uh, children and women uh, were in poverty in this country and around the world. She, although she had spent a good part of her life fighting and being dedicated for gender equality, the darker side included that women were still not making comparable wages, same jobs, same talents as, as men. And so I, I recall that she ended with a quote, and you know, lots of times she would play off Sandra Day O'Connor, and she ended her comments, Ginsburg ended her comments, quoting Sandra Day O'Connor, and this is what she said. For both men and women, the first step in getting power is to become visible to others. As women achieve power, the barriers will fall. As society sees what women can do, and importantly, as women see what women can do, there will be more women out there doing things, and we will all be better off. And of course, that me uh, message resonated with the members of the IAWJ, because that in part is what the IAWJ is all about. Well, thank you, Justice Bradley, because that um, sort of tees up my next question for you. So you both touched a little bit uh, on gender equality and the importance of diversity. And for the listeners of this podcast that may be unfamiliar with the work of IWJ, it'd be great if you both could just take a few minutes to not only talk about uh, the work that IAWJ does, but what the association has meant to you individually as uh, women judges. So I'll turn it over to you, uh, Justice Bradley, to kick us off on, on that point. The first sentence I usually say about the IAWJ is this, ending with an exclamation mark, by the way. We are an international organization with over 6,000 
200 members worldwide. And since you can't see the exclamation mark today, I'm going to just say, wow. I just find that so amazing. And it's a group, this, this our global network, um, our mission is to support and empower this network of women judges. Um, why? To, well, you know, not just to support and empower, but to advance gender equality and human rights. One of the, when I think of past conferences that I have attended, I remember one of the taglines was, we are not trying to feminize the law, we're trying to humanize the law. And that's indeed what the IAWJ is all about. And we work around the world. I mean, we have projects that we are beginning or continuing in, in uh, Botswana on uh, gender equality and in um, combating human trafficking in Kenya and Uganda, as I recall, and, and doing human trafficking curriculums in Haiti and, and looking towards other programs in Tunisia or the Philippines and Central and South America. So it's such a vibrant organization and dedicated to a cause that is really in sync with what Justice Ginsburg has dedicated her life to. So that's what IAWJ is about for me. You know, my roots in this organization began when I was a young judge, age 34, 1985 in central Wisconsin. And I joined the United States Association of Women Judges because at that time the International Association didn't exist. And I'll tell you, there I was, a young woman judge um, no other woman judge within 90 miles northwest, east, south. Uh, four kids, four kids under the age of five, by the way. And um, I loved my job, but I'll tell you the highlight of my year was attending women judges conferences. The support that I felt, the inspiration that I felt. And one of the things I remember so much coming away from that first meeting, I was in the elevator with a Supreme Court justice from the state of North Dakota. And we were just chatting away. And I remember that succinctly. And it certainly has carried with me over the years because it underscores that in our organization, we are all alike from the judge that is the uh, lower position judging to those who are on the state Supreme Courts, to those who are national and international courts, uh, highest courts in their country. And we're all there to help support and empower one another. Great. Thank you very much. And Judge Ruiz, how about you in terms of what the IAWJ has meant to you and any other points you'd like to make about the association's work? IAWJ is, is just simply unique. It is the only global association of women judges. And as Justice Bradley mentioned, we have over 6,200 members. And that's in more than 100 countries. And it's really everywhere. It's in the Americas, in Europe, in the Middle East, Africa, Asia, and the Pacific. We also have 56 national associations of women judges that are affiliated with the International Association of Women Judges. 
And so when we talk about a network of judges, yes, it is individual judges uh, getting in touch with each other, but it's also this notion of women judges coming together to work together on issues of equality, on, equals of, on issues of inclusion of women in the judiciary, on issues having to do with how to make the law be more responsive to the human needs of people and of course with our special focus on the rights of women and girls that have been denied for so for so long so it's that associative power it's the coming together of women and the strength and the power that comes from that that i think is particularly important and that has always impressed me when I go into any meeting of women judges, which is organized in this way. And going back to the comment made earlier about that Justice Ginsburg made about the importance of visibility to the exercise of power, it has to be recognized. And one way you do that is by coming together because together we're definitely stronger. And we come from different legal systems, different countries, different religions, different nationalities. But when we come together, we recognize that there are so many issues that we face in common, both in our personal lives, in our professional careers, and in our actions and challenges we face as judges. And it is incredibly empowering to recognize that you are not alone, that there are others who understand what you're going through and will support you, and that together we really can come up with some better solutions to some intractable problems. So based on what you have shared about IAWJ and its work, it, it's clear that Justice Ginsburg really embodies the essence of the IAWJ. And Judge Ruiz, uh, when you we're speaking earlier, you talked about how Justice Ginsburg always made time to come to events and how members were so drawn to her presence. Will you um, share your impressions about what she meant to IAWJ members, um, considering that there are members uh, in so many countries around the world? I think that what she meant, what she means, today and will continue to mean for so many of our members is that she was a true believer and champion of equality. And the way she went about um, furthering uh, that goal with a lot of thought, but also with a lot of courage and with a lot of clarity. And those qualities really were conveyed uh, whenever she spoke to our members or just when, when people would know what, what she was doing, always in her very visible way. She also did things with a lot of style um, in her dress, in the way in which she spoke, in the activities in which she, in which she engaged. She was not a gray, distant, aloof, ivory tower kind of judge. 
notwithstanding her incredible intellect and scholarship, she was real. And that is in many ways what I think uh, IAWJ members particularly appreciate about our association and about our coming together is that you are coming together, yes, as judges, of course, as judges, but judges in the full sense of, of, of our you know, humanity. And, and she conveyed that. And in fact, it was truly the guiding principle of, I think, of her judicial philosophy. I mean, there is no greater responsibility, for example, in the United States for a judge than to uphold and defend the Constitution. And the first three words of our Constitution, the United States, is we the people. And she spoke about that. She spoke about how at the time of the founding, when the Constitution was drafted and, and signed and ratified, the, we the people was most certainly not everybody. It excluded people who had been enslaved, who were enslaved at the time. Of course, women did not have the vote. It did not include indigenous people. It did not include so many, such a great part of the population of people who actually resided in the what became the, the United States. And what she remarked is that the project of democracy and that the role of the judiciary within that project of expanding democracy was to expand the definition of who we the people are. It was a message of inclusivity and of acceptance of people and of differences. And that I think is, is an essential message that resonates greatly with the members of the International Association of Women Judges. And Justice Bradley, is there anything you'd like to add about uh, Justice Ginsburg's impact on IAWJ members? When I heard of her passing, uh, it took my breath away. I, I was stunned and I couldn't sleep that night. And I got up in the middle of the night and I wrote a statement that I was going to and did uh, uh, published the next morning uh, to the media. Um, and in that statement, I said at the very end this, I said, many long to sing out about the intense sorrow they feel upon hearing of Justice Ginsburg's passing. And I add my voice to that chorus. And it is an intense sorrow that we feel like we have, all of us have received messages of condolences from judges around the world um, because she was a beacon to us, to members of the IAWJ. Her whole life was dedicated to fighting for gender equality and equal justice. And that's what our organization is about. And that's what we believe in, in in as members, individual members, and strive for collectively. And so Justice Ginsburg was not only our beacon, but as Judge Ruiz commented on, and I echo, in terms of her presence at our, our events and our organization's activities, she, she became our soul sister. Uh, Ruth? 
Bader Ginsburg was our sister-in-law, and we will miss her. So, Justice Bradley, how can members of IEWJ continue to honor your soul sister's legacy um, as you move forward? I think persistence. What a word, persistence. Um, someone uh, said to me not long ago, I've been serving on the Wisconsin Supreme Court for 25 years, and someone said to me, uh, Justice Bradley, thank you for your persistence. And I thought to myself, what about my intellect? What about my writing? What about my speaking or whatever? But I've come to believe as Justice Ginsburg has several times commented on the importance of persistence. And that's what we have to do in answer to your question, that we have to persist in our fight. She gave what I think was one of her last public in-person interviews in February of 2020. And one of our BMT members, Board of Managerial Trustees of the International Association of Women Judges, um, Judge Margaret McEwen from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, did the interview. And at the very end of the interview, and it was an hour, hour and 15 minutes, it was a lengthy interview. At the very end, Margaret asked her about what message to give. And, and this was an interview, by the way, that was also her heralding the uh, 19th Amendment, um, the equality for women in, in voting. And, and she said this. She said, and she talked about Seneca Fall, right, for the right to vote for women in this country, 1848. And she referenced the quote from uh, Susan B. Anthony, we've probably all heard that quote, and this is at the end of the interview. Failure is impossible, Justice Ginsburg said. And of course, she was referring to when Anthony and um, went to Washington, D.C., you know, she had been fighting for decades for the right to vote. 1906, she was, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, 86 or so at that time. And everyone knew this would be her last public appearance. And she takes the podium, this frail woman who uh, uh, gets up in front of everyone says, there have been others just as true and devoted to the cause, but with such women consecrating their lives, failure is impossible. And that's what Justice Ginsburg was saying. With women, organizations like the IAWJ, with us dedicating and consecrating uh, our lives to that mission, failure is impossible. So that's what we have to do, persist. Persist in our fight and in our struggle. Judge Ruiz, is there anything you would like to add regarding how you and other members of IEWJ will keep Justice Ginsburg's legacy alive? I think the best way to keep her legacy alive is to act as she did. Uh, I think that's what Justice Bradley just said, that we must persist. We must persist with intelligence, with passion, with commitment, with patience, uh, and with sensitivity 
um, and to stay focused also on how law affects people's everyday lives. I think that's what made her so very special to so many people. Um, another thing that she did, and I think that we need to do as well, even though we are an association of women judges, is to understand that the only way to truly uh, get to the point of equality is to make sure that our male colleagues are also part of this commitment and of this fight. Because as we know from her strategies, she made sure that everybody understood that gender equality is something that benefited men as well as women. So everybody has an interest in, in this idea and this uh, commitment to equality, to gender equality. We have to go, in a sense, beyond uh, strictly gender parity to what some of our programs are focused on, which is a gender perspective, which is really bringing that perspective of how laws that might appear to be neutral might affect women in disparate ways, of how enforcement of the law might have again, disparate impacts. This is something that she did uh, in, in, one of, in any number of her opinions to really, in a very careful way, parse statutory language, for example, and tease out the underlying preconceptions and stereotypes of gender roles that affected how those laws uh, had an impact on, on women and men uh, uh, differently. Now, one thing that we are doing at IAWJ that's more concrete as far as remembering her legacy is actually collecting the thoughts, the views, the remarks, the pictures of many of our members around the world so that we can collect them and make them available both to our members and, and to Justice Ginsburg's family. So as we are coming to the close of this podcast, uh, I have a final question for both of you. When Justice Ginsburg was often asked how many women would be enough on the Supreme Court, she always answered none. And her rationale was that there had been so many years when the court was filled with only men and no one thought twice. So she wanted to get to a place where the same would be true for women. So Judge Rui is picking up a thread uh, from what you were saying previously about um, moving beyond just gender parity, but looking at a gender perspective. So what are some of the remaining obstacles to sort of gender diversity, gender equality that IAWJ can continue to highlight as well as try to dismantle? Well, first let's talk, well, first to be clear, progress has been made, no question. The par participation of women in the judiciary has increased. And I think that there is also a greater appreciation of how the participation of women is not just good and a recognition of the uh, ambitions and, and desires 
of the women involved, but also how their participation enhances the quality of justice. And that is because of bringing this gender perspective to the judicial uh, task. But even though the number of women in the judiciary has increased, there is still a long way to go. We are a long ways away from nine, <laughs> anywhere. Um, even in countries where there are quite a few women in judiciary, in fact, even in countries where the majority of judges are women, women are not necessarily at the top of the judiciary, nor in the judicial councils that establish policy and in civil law countries, for example, deal with the uh, admission and promotion of judges. In the United States, we've never had more than three third um, of women on the Supreme Court. And interestingly enough, that seems to be the average number worldwide, 33%. That is the women's participation in the highest tribunals in countries around the world. So it seems to be stuck. We seem to have hit a ceiling um, at, at that number. Uh, so that is an area for work and understanding why it is that that is happening. There is definitely um, a good sense and evidence to support that the fact that women bear a disproportionate responsibility uh, for child rearing and uh, things at their homes uh, is a burden and, a, and an impediment for women to advance in the judiciary. There are countries, for example, where judges are assigned to courts far away from their homes. That's both for purposes of just making judicial resources more easily available to the courts, but it's also sometimes a concern about potential conflicts of interest. That, of course, being separated from home and from young children in particular, puts an added burden on women and their ability to be judges and to be promoted within the judiciary. We have seen this, especially now in connection with the pandemic, um, where everybody or many people, many judges are working from home. And of course, uh, children are also at home and need to be uh, attended to. The disciplinary system in some um, proceedings, in some judicial systems can also uh, affect the progress of women if those disciplinary uh, procedures and policies do not in, include a gender perspective. Um, and then there is a, an issue of just out and out harassment of women in the judiciary as well as other uh, employees in courts. Uh, we have seen that in the United States, and we certainly uh, see it in other parts of the world. So there are a number of, of issues from the pipeline to the uh, ability to progress to conditions of the workplace um, that all can have an impact 
on the participation of women in the judiciary and which the IAWJ um, needs to, to focus on and uh, highlight where there are problems and propose uh, solutions to those problems. Justice Bradley, any points that you would like to make on this issue? I think briefly, um, we can learn from Justice Ginsburg's approach. It is said of her that she is an incrementalist that led a revolution. And of course she did that step by step with building blocks. She sometimes said that's the approach that Thurgood Marshall took and that she uh, uh, did her approach with that in mind. Now, and so it was oftentimes some of these uh, these uh, cases that she argued and championed for gender equality before joining the court that made the greatest impact and is a, one of the bigger parts of her legacy. And that she did step by step, the incrementalist who led a revolution. Great. Well, I want to thank you both for sharing your personal views of Justice Ginsburg and letting us know how IWJ members such as yourselves uh, can and will maintain her legacy and for also just providing the overall sort of framework of the importance of women uh, in the judiciary. And so I will turn it over to both of you to see if you have any last words you would like to say for this inaugural podcast. And I'll give it to Judge Ruiz. Well, what can I say? I, I just miss her, as uh, Justice Bradley says. And, you know, her absence, not just not having her very vivid presence and, and knowing that we can't count her on her to just to show up and be there that's that really will be felt but what she did and what she stands for and and what she inspires that certainly is going to uh, to live on in judges worldwide and women everywhere who are appreciative of of the standards she adv advanced and the opportunities the doors that she opened and of course, to the millions of little girls all over the world who could see how one person, one really tiny person, um, could herself, who, who, someone who herself had faced really long odds, could speak with so much authority and make such incredible positive changes, not only in her life, but in the lives of so many people. I think that has, as has been said, this, this is a long game. Um, and there's much that she accomplished when she was a lawyer, Justice Ginsburg, um, to advance the cause of equality and women's rights. And there was much that she did as a justice, but a lot of what she did as a justice, you know, she is known as a great dissenter. And people do not write dissents unless they think that they will have an impact in the future. So we will be hearing from Justice Ginsburg uh, through her dissents for many years to come. Thank you. And Justice Bradley, the floor is yours. Thanks. And um, we've talked today about 
how she has affected us personally and the organization of the International Association of Women Judges. But I conclude with mentioning also that she is the notorious RBG. And, and what that means is that I think in a, in a country hungry for integrity and for leadership and fighting for these causes of gender equality and civil rights, that this generation, this younger generation has risen up and embraced this, this diminutive woman into such an oversized message of importance, not because it's oversized in terms of um, unearned, but it had oversized in terms of it has affected so many people in this country and worldwide. Little girls are reading books about her. They're dressing up uh, for Halloween as though they are Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know, we drink our cup of coffee with Ruth Bader Ginsburg's picture on the coffee cup. So she has really touched the lives of so many people. I'm going to conclude with her words, in her own words, from her own words. She says this, because I'm a public figure, I can make things a little better for others. If you want to be a true professional, you will do something outside yourself, something to make life a little better for people less fortunate than you. Fighting for what you care about and do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Those were wise words then when she gave them, and they are wise words to lead us for the future. Thank you both for your time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of IAWJ Insights. We hope that you found the conversation interesting and informative. If you have any questions or you want to make suggestions for podcast topics, please submit those to us by email at office at iawj.org. Or you can click the message button in our podcast profile on Anchor and send us a voice message. We really do rely on the support and donations from individuals such as yourself. So if you'd like to make a donation to the IAWJ, you can do so by clicking the support button in our podcast profile or alternatively visiting the IAWJ website at www.iawj.org. Finally, we welcome all of you to become a member of IAWJ and join our powerful network of influential women judges around the world. You can do so again by visiting our website at www.iawj.org. Thank you.